Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Just in some church somewhere, but if you love Jesus with all your heart and you don't care who knows about it, I dare you to open up your mouth and give Jesus some crazy praise. Come on, Calvary. Come on, Calvary. Till every demon knows that their day is over. Till every devil knows that today is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody give God a shout. Wow, woo, I can feel it up in here. Come on, somebody. I was on our Palm Coast campus, here, then there, then here, and I just believe that they saved the best for last. Come on, somebody. I feel like, I feel like anything can happen up in here today. You look good, just look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you today. It's good to see you today. Wow, man, awesome. Awesome. Well, I just want to remind you that I am not uh, Jim Rayleigh. My name is Pastor Josh Carter, and you're stuck with me today. Uh, is that all right? <laughs> uh, Pastor is in Georgia preaching, and we are lifting him up as well today. But I feel like preaching a little bit. Can I just preach it like I feel it up in here today? I believe God's got a word just for you. And uh, let me just say, too, I'm so proud of how many of you have joined a small group. Uh, if you're looking how we do discipleship here at Calvary Christian Center, uh, we do discipleship through small groups. It's a way for you to develop uh, relationships with people and your relationship with God because the truth is uh, you can't go there until you grow there. Come on, somebody. I said, I said, in the kingdom of God, you grow sometimes to where you want to go, and a small group is going to help you grow. And so make sure if you've not signed up, we got groups for everybody, everywhere, and uh, be a part of that and grow in your faith. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. Are you ready for some word today? Can I yell in your ear what he's been whispering in mine for just a few minutes? I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 32. And while you're turning, uh, I, I want to just remind you that uh, Pastor Josh is still a dad. I'm still a dad. I'm still a dad. You, you're going to hear that for about two years because uh, if you only knew how long we waited and so we love our little one and of course my awesome wife is on the front row and if you don't amen me, she will. Amen. Uh, amen. Isn't it good to laugh a little bit in God's house every once in a while? Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. God has a word just for you. Look at your neighbor and say, this one's for you. This one's for you. This is what the word of God would say. And he arose, Jacob, Jacob, and he arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the four Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob, watch this, was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when he saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched the, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, I am Jacob and he said your name shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed and Jacob asked saying tell me your name I pray and he said why is it that you ask me about my name 
and he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the name of that place Penel for I have seen God face to face and my life has been preserved. Last verse. And just as he crossed over, I like that. Because some of you are gonna cross over today. So, so some of you are gonna get over some stuff that you haven't been able to get over for years and months and days. You're gonna, you're gonna get over some stuff. And he crossed over. Uh, that's a prophecy and a promise for somebody in this room. You're gonna cross over. He crossed over as the sun rose on him. Watch this. And he limped upon his hip. Today I came for just a few moments to preach to every person in this room that's in the middle of a fight. Because how many know if you live life long enough, there will be a fight? If you do life right, there will be a struggle. And I came to tell you that God knows that today the struggle is real. But the truth is, though the struggle may be real, the strength is greater than the struggle that you're in and God is about to take you to the next level because the struggle is real. If you're ready for this word, slip up your hands. Father, I thank you for what I feel. It's not about feeling, but I'm thankful you can be felt. Have your way in this place and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. Just look at somebody say, the struggle's real, the struggle, struggle's real, the struggle's real. If there's anything you need to know about the preacher that stands in front of you is that I love the Word of God. Is there anybody in this room that loves the Word of God? Unapologetically, you love the Word of God. I love the Word of God for many reasons, but, but perhaps I'm coming into a place in my life that I love the Word of God because I know inside of the Word of God I can find answers. Oh, you're way too quiet on me. I said, I know I can find answers. Is there anybody thankful that when you peel back this book. This book is not some mythical book. It's not some abstract book. But the truth about this book is it has real answers for real life situations that, that God didn't hide answers from you. He gave answers to you so that you could become what you're called to be. I love the Word of God that it gives me answers, but you really can't have answers without seeing problems. And perhaps the greater revelation in God's Word given to us is that yes, it has answers, but it does show me real problems. Or aren't you thankful that the Word of God can show you real problems, real life problems, that, that, that this book is an abstract to you, that if you want to try to find something for yourself when you peel this book back, yes, you'll get an answer, but you'll also let God show you that there were real people who went through real issues and that if you can see their experience and glean from it, God will give you wisdom to handle your personal struggle. I love the Word of God that it gives me real people who went through real things and real issues and yet God delivered them and it gives me hope that if God did it for them, oh hallelujah, He can do it and will do it for me. I wonder if there's anybody in this room that could take about 10 seconds and go ahead and praise God on credit that God if you did it for David and you did it for Peter and you did it for Job, you can do it for me too. And I don't care what people say or whatever that demon has been whispering in my ear. God, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think because you are on my side. I love the Word of God because of the reality of people. There is a strength to know that I can find myself in this book somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring that to your attention because nobody, nobody personifies a real person with real struggle like Jacob. 
Oh, Jacob is constantly in conflict. Constantly in conflict. No, no, he, he didn't come in. The, he was born as conflict. You ever know those people? They don't, they don't have conflict. They are the conflict. The moment you get around them for any length of time, all of a sudden you get trouble. Oh, it got quiet. I must have hit something right there. <laughs> conflict, conflict, conflict. And if you're not the person that is conflict, there are some of us in this room that can testify to the fact that our entire lives have been nothing but conflict. That there are some people in this room that can testify to the fact that every time you get out of one thing, before you get out of one thing, you get hit with another. Uh, oh, am I talking to any real people in the room uh, that can testify that the moment you got out of that, uh, you got hit with this. And the moment you got hit with that and got free, you got hit with this. Uh, if it's not your finances, it's your family. If it's not your family, it's your body. If it's not your body, it's your mind. Come on, somebody talk to me. Issue after issue, fight after fight. Uh, Jacob is a man of constant conflict. Everything in his life is a fight on some level. If he's not wrestling in the womb, he's wrestling with his brother. If he's not fighting his brother, he's fighting Laban for his wife. Everything in constant conflict. But how many know in this room, God did not design a life for you that would let you have to live in constant conflict? See, the fact that you didn't really shout right there tells me that some of you don't even see that kind of life as a possibility for yourself. But I came to wreck that lie this morning and tell you that conflict is not God's path for your life. Uh, conflict is not God's progression for your life. God didn't come to give you conflict and conflict again. He said, I came that you would have life and life more abundantly i came to give you peace that passes all understanding and joy unspeakable and full of glory and every once in a while you got to show up oh hallelujah to church with conflict on your back and still lift your hands and say though he slay me yet will i trust him i dare somebody i feel like preaching now i dare somebody to take about 10 seconds lift up your hands open up your mouth and despite your conflict give god some praise right now yeah that's how you got to do it every once in a while that despite what you're facing and despite what people said and despite what people did I'm gonna come in this room and I'm gonna still lift my hands I'm still gonna serve I'm still gonna be a part of a small group I'm still gonna lead and I'm gonna let that devil know that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper because if God be for oh, y'all ain't saying nothing if God be for me what and who can be against me I feel a fight coming on me because God is, it is not God's will for you to live in constant conflict. It is not God's will for you to live from fight to fight to fight. That's not what the Bible says. It's not fight to fight. It's glory. Oh, oh. To glory, to glory, to glory. And even if I'm in a valley, I feel like preaching. Don't worry, baby, it won't be long. And you're going to see me on the mountaintop again giving God some praise. His whole life is conflict. But just when it looks like that's all he'll ever have, the thing I love about God is God knows how to interrupt. Bad starts with new beginnings. 
Oh, y'all way too quiet in this church. I said, God knows how to interrupt bad starts, bad lives, terrible traumas, horrific tragedy. He knows how to step right in at the right time and interrupt everything you did to self-destruct yourself. He can step in your self-destruction and interrupt it and in one moment give you a new beginning that you couldn't have gotten for yourself. I wonder if there's anybody that could give God some praise this morning for every time he divinely interrupted your life uh, that if he hadn't you'd still be in trouble and still be in a mess uh, you might be in jail you might have had the car accident kill you but God interrupted your life uh, and gave you a new beginning you say, Pastor Josh, you're, you're fired up. You're pretty excited this morning. You know why? Because I go back to the moments in my life when I was about to self-destruct, when I was about to do some things and make some decisions that would have put me on a trajectory I might not have recovered from. But praise be to God that before I could wreck myself, he wrecked me with himself and gave me another opportunity to step in. I have to praise him every once in a while for interruptions, for interruptions, because the truth is, the truth is, the only reason God interrupted Jacob was not because of his conflict with other people, because it's hard to conquer life if you haven't conquered you. That Jacob's fight is not with people. The reason why he keeps fighting with people is because he has never won the fight within himself. Because the truth is in this room, if you keep fighting everybody around you and every boss you have is terrible and every relationship, oh, I'm talking to somebody, is awful. If every time you go church to church to church and they don't feed me, love me, do this for me, help me, perhaps if it's at every church you go to or perhaps it's every relationship you get in, perhaps it's not the church, the relationship, the boss, the job, perhaps it's you. Perhaps it's you. Perhaps you haven't oh, won the battle within because the truth in this room is that every person has some struggle on some level. Watch this. Not externally, but a fight between your flesh and your spirit constant conflict between the two and you might be able to dress it up with a suit and a tie and smile and shake everybody's hand and God bless you hallelujah but in the back of some of y'all's minds right now that little voice is going we're gonna watch that after service we're gonna go there later on what are we gonna do this week everybody is in constant conflict between spirit and flesh and whatever you feed leads Whatever you feed leads. If you don't want to do it anymore, stop giving it room in your life to grow. Some of y'all in 2020 need to adopt what Nancy Reagan said back in the 80s and just say, no. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of y'all need to look every devil in the eye, every temptation in the eye, and say, you got me in 2016, you got me in 2018, you had me bound in 2019, but guess what? In 2020, mm, 
N-O. This year, I ain't going down that road again. This year, I'm not living that kind of trauma. Y'all ain't saying nothing. This year, I ain't going to let that kill me and bring me down. This year, I ain't going to find myself doing the same stuff I've been doing year after year after year. The devil is a liar. This year, I'm going to stand up to this devil and say no. And no means no, not by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Yeah, every once in a while, you have to get righteous anger and tell that devil, today is the last day I'm fighting this issue. Because whatever you feed leads. Jacob is a man constantly torn between two natures and two peoples, uh, two people. And by the time we get to Genesis 32, he is stuck between two camps. He is stuck between the camp of God and his own personal agenda. Because life has a way, destiny has a way of bringing you to put mercy has a way. Come on, somebody. Grace has a way of continuing to give you opportunities to make the right decision. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't give up on you when other people give up on you? Aren't you thankful that no matter how many times you fail the test, God keeps making you take the test? Because, the, oh, you see, and the moment some of you understand, you need to understand that the moment you pass this test, you're going to pass this test. You're going to get out of where you are and get to where God has called you to be. Jacob is stuck between two camps. Have you ever found yourself caught between what your flesh wants and what his spirit is saying. Stuck between what you wanted it to be and what God said it should be. Caught between what your flesh is telling you to do and what God is asking you to release. I'm stuck, but right in the middle of being stuck, God chooses to interrupt him, watch this, and point number two, not just interrupt him, God says, if you'll let me, I can get you to the next dimension, but this won't be by interruption, this will be by isolation. Because the Bible says that when he brought Jacob on the cusp of the next level for his life, when he interrupted him, he wasn't just at the place of two camps. He is also at the Ford Jabbok. I know it's Bible talk, but hear me. Jabbok means emptying. Because when God gets ready to take you to another level, oh, come on, somebody. He brings you to a place where he will empty you out of what you are yourself. God knows how to take you to places that empty you out. Because the truth is, we are the most selfish generation of all time. We have a hard time caring for people because the truth is, the only person that really matters is how can he take you to the world if you can't get out of the mirror? How can I walk you into the platforms when all you care about is how many likes you get on your selfies? Uh, the devil is a liar. God, get us back to being the kind of people that say, God, I don't care if they like me, but please, God, you use me for your glory. And if you're going to use me, spin me. Uh, I feel the anointing. Spin my life. Uh, spin every gift, uh, every talent, every tear. Spin my treasure. Use me for your glory. Spin me until my daddy gets saved. Spin me me till my daddy gets saved. 
till my mama knows you. Spin me till my family gets delivered. Spin me. I am currency in your hands. You do know you are currency in the hand of God. Oh, hallelujah. Your life was created to be spent for his kingdom. Your whole life, everything you like and don't like was not by mistake. God set you up so he could spend you like he wanted to. Ooh. One of the greatest prayers you can ever pray is God spend me. Spend me because the truth is if you died empty, you died right. One of the greatest tragedies is to go to a graveyard and wonder, did they die with anything left that God wanted to use? Oh, I know it's hard preaching. I know it's old school preaching, but this is the kind of stuff that we gotta get back in the body of Christ because we have become too cool with being inspired and we are less enamored with being transformed. The truth is you can't transform anything until you let God transform you from the inside out. Jacob, I am going to isolate you. And when God isolates you, he will remove everything you know to be normal and everything you know to be true so he can empty you out outside of yourself. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because the truth about it is when God gets ready to do his best work, he does it behind closed doors. Oh, somebody that hit somebody's spirit. Can I go deeper? And not just closed doors. Some of God's best work is done in dark nights. Hallelujah. Ah, because even photographers know that if you're going to develop the picture from a negative to a positive, you got to get it in a a dark room. You got to get it in a dark room. And, and I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I have to thank God for the isolation because yes, I was lonely and yes, I was dark. Yes, it was dark, but the truth is I was still cussing a little bit and I still had some issues and I have to thank him that he was working me in the, y'all ain't saying nothing, in the background, he was working me. He was taking all of my negatives and turning them into positives to create the picture of my life. And if you want to know why I praise him sometimes, it's to look back at where I've come from and realize that even though I might not be there yet. I am further than where I used to be. So yes, spin me, but whatever you do, change me. Oh, come on, somebody. Change me. I give you permission today, God. Change every place in me that is out of alignment with you. Change me. Change. Don't just empty me. Change me. Don't just empty me. Fill me. Fill me with everything I need to be what you've called me to be. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Fill me with every gift I need. Fill me with the anointing I need, the favor I've got to have, the blessings I need. Fill me. Fill me. And Jacob, uh, Jacob in the text has come to Jabbok. Watch the text. God says, your wives can't go. Your servants can't come. Leave the animals back there. And the text says, and Jacob was left alone. I know somebody in this room, while I've been preaching this little part of the message, you've been figuring out what the last six months of your life have been all about. Wondering why everybody left you and everybody walked away from you and wonder why it got so dark. But what if I told you that the only reason it got that dark is because God is just 
about to bring you into everything he has called you to be. That might not be for everybody, but there's been some people who have submitted to the process and you've gone through some low, dark, and lonely places in your life uh, and you're saying, God, will it ever happen? I came to prophesy to you and let you know you are on the cusp uh, of going from dark uh, to light. Uh, you are on the cusp uh, of going from process to destiny. And if you believe it's you, I dare you to give God some praise and say, God, whenever you're ready, I'm ready too. Take me to the next level. Jacob, I have emptied you out. It was necessary for me to get all that other stuff because how can I give you what you really need if you're still full of all that other stuff? Are you cool with God emptying you for the sake of refilling you? He said, I've got you. Interruption, check. Isolation, check. Let me move you into phase three. Confrontation. 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 And let me talk to you about confrontation. Deception hates it. Let me put it another. Deception hates confrontation. Jacob's name literally means deceiver. And some of us might not be deceiving people, but we are deceiving We are deceiving ourselves. And sometimes you can be living under deception without ever deceiving anybody else. And you could be deceiving you. But aren't you thankful that when God gets ready to take you to another level, he will interrupt you, he will isolate you so that he can finally, oh, hallelujah, confront you. He can finally confront you. And before some of you take that as permission to confront everybody else, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you confronted you? No, no, when's the last time you really confronted yourself? Because some of us have people in our lives that we call friends, but the truth is they tell us what we want to hear and not what we need to know. Oh, it got quiet. It got quiet because are they really your friend if all they do is coddle your issues and keep you where you are? Are they really your friend if all they do is tell you what you want to hear so that you can keep living that stale, stagnant, mediocre life? The devil is a liar. In 2020, you got to get some friends in your life and some people in your life that can get in your face every once in a while and say, that don't look right. That's got to change. That's why you need a small group in 2020 because you got to get around some people that can get you to the next level by telling you the truth. The truth sets you free. And if you don't have people, that's why I love God, because God's not insecure. You should have said amen, because that's a blessing all in itself right there. You do know that you can yell and scream at God and call him whatever name you want to call him, and God is going to look at you and go, okay. Because God's not insecure. You do, you do know you can be honest with God, and God still look at you and go, glad you told me. But listen, by the way, let me get that out of your life, and let me help you. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? Psalms 23 says it like this, and he leadeth me <laughs> beside still waters. So when before you tell me still waters are drinking waters, please know that before they were drinking waters, they are reflective waters. 
because God has a way of bringing you to the place where you finally have to confront yourself and see yourself in a way that maybe nobody else has shown you. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that when people won't tell me, I'm thankful for a God that will lead me beside still waters so that I don't come into another opportunity. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. So that I don't come into another opportunity and sabotage myself because I couldn't get real about who I was. Jacob, I have come to confront you because the call of God on your life is so incredible that you can't stay who you currently are. And the Bible says he confronted him. And the text says, and there a man wrestled with him. Time out. Because in case my Sunday school teacher's watching, I'm sorry. All my life, my Sunday school teacher told me that Jacob wrestled with God. But that's not the text. The text says, and there a man wrestled with him. Jacob didn't start this fight. God did. Because God has a way of picking a fight with you, oh hallelujah, and picking a fight with the places in you that nobody else will pick a fight with. Uh, so, 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 so if you don't want God to pick a fight, don't come to church. No, 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 don't, don't serve, don't be a part of a small group, don't lead, don't let, because every time you come in here is God's way of picking a fight with some place in your life that is out of alignment. But I know that there are some people in this room that said, God, if you're going to pick a fight, I'm going to give you permission to win. Uh, I'm going to give you permission to change whatever you've got to change inside of me. God said, if you won't change it, I'll pick a fight with you. I will interrupt you and I will, watch this, I will interrupt you. I will show up and empty you all to bring you to a place where I can wrestle you. And the text said that God wrestled Jacob. Wrestled him. Don't miss this. Not fight him, wrestle him. Because there's a difference between fighting and wrestling. When you fight somebody, you fight them to hurt them. But God doesn't fight you to hurt you. He wrestles you to mold you. Yeah. Because if you fight somebody, you throw in punches and stuff. But that's not wrestling. Wrestling isn't punches. Wrestling is grappling. Oh, hallelujah. And holds. It reminds me of a potter with some clay on the wheel, putting his hand right here and then right here. Why? To mold it into the image it should be. And sometimes God will wrestle you to mold you into the image. So yes, God, interrupt me. Yes, God, change me. But whatever you do, mold me in your image so that I look like you and talk like you and walk like you. If I'm preaching to anybody in this room, I dare you to give God some praise and say, God, mold me. Mold me, mold me, mold me till I sound like you. Mold me till when I open up my mouth, people hear your voice and not mine. Mold me so that when I walk, uh, people know I've been walking with you and like you and close to you. God, mold me. Jacob, I am wrestling you. I am wrestling you because the truth is you are not what you're called to be. And if I don't do it like this, you could die without ever discovering who you are. Can I go deeper? 
because wrestling in the Hebrew there literally means to bedust, not be dust, one word, bedust. It means to take back to dust. In other words, when God started wrestling Jacob and the struggle and all the inner stuff and all the inner fight, he said, I am going to take you back to the place you started. Because when I make a man, oh, hallelujah, I make a man from the, it's humble beginnings, but it's humble. Don't miss that. I said it's humble beginnings, but it's humble. Because how many know you can get to a place where you get so full of you that you get some stuff on your life you didn't want, like arrogance. A hard soul to the point where nobody can correct you and nobody can confront you and you can rise up in some stuff that's not God and God will wrestle you to humble you and take you back down to the place where you were soft and sensitive. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sensitive to the move of the Spirit. Sensitive to the worship. Some of you, if I looked at you 10 years ago, you couldn't come in this place without crying and without worshiping and you were the first ones at the altar, first ones giving God everything, but along the way you oh hallelujah you submitted more to the struggle than you did his strength and in the middle of it God said now I have to wrestle you because this ain't what you're called to be so I will bedust Jacob watch this for the sake of Israel because unless I get Jacob in the dust I can never bring Israel out of the dust and some of you don't even know but until you let God wrestle you, you will remain the wrong you. But if you'll let him wrestle you, God has a way of pushing you down and then lifting you back up to be what you're called to be and be who you were destined to be. Can I wrestle you. Play softly. I feel the anointing in this room. I'm going to wrestle you. I'm going to bedust you. And then something, Natasha, happens in the text that blew me away. The atmosphere around the moment changes in the middle of the wrestling. The Bible says that it moves from dark to the breaking of the day. They had been wrestling so long that the day changed because some of us have the audacity to wrestle back. Some of us have the audacity to fight back against the God who never loses. We have the audacity in the middle of a wrestling match with God to, to still look God in the eye and say, I won't do that. I, you can't have that part of me. You won't have that part of me. I won't give that up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, you, won't, you can't have this, and you won't have that. I won't go there, and I won't give you that gift, uh, and I won't lead that way, and I won't be that committed. And we keep wrestling with a God that never loses so much so that, watch this, God looks at Jacob and he says, let me go. For the day breaks, you and me, have been in a stalemate for so long that the season changed and you didn't even know it. 
We've been fighting for so long that I was ready to do it. And because you couldn't surrender, you're about to miss it. The breaking of the day, let me go. Can I go deeper one more time? It almost seems like when he says, let me go, Mr. Jeffers, it almost seems like he's saying, I'm losing. It almost looks like with let me go that God's losing. But the truth is, what God is really saying is, Jacob, I'm eternal. But you are running out of time. It is, it is possible to fight God so long and to fight against his plan for so long that you become unaware that in the background of your life, the clock is still ticking. And before you know it, you're 30. Before you know it, you're 40. I feel the anointing. Before you know it, you're 50. And you're still asking the same questions you were asking while you were 30. Before you know it, you're 60. And you're still asking the same questions you were asking of God when you were in your 40 because you keep fighting against. And God says, let me go. Because God is so eternal, he'll show up to your funeral and tell you that he's still waiting. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to die and never really know what you could have been had you just surrendered? He said, let me go for the day breaks. But you know what I love about God? When he saw that Jacob would continue to fight, he escalated the fight. He said, if you ain't going to surrender it, I'll use force. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the moments when God interrupts you in such a powerful way, when God uses the kind of force where you come to church just to do you again, and God's so sovereign and so big and so incredible, he'll interrupt the whole service and wreck your entire life in one moment. He'll escalate the fight because of what he sees in your future. And he said, Jacob, since you won't let me, I'll use force. And the text said, he reached and he touched. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is not an attack. This is an encounter. This is not wrath. This is mercy. Oh, come on, somebody. This is not anger. This is grace. Grace that God would look at you after you've been fighting him for all this time. I feel the anointing that you would be fighting him for all this time and yet still reach down and say, no, you can keep fighting me, but I won't let you fight me forever. Your destiny is too great. Your purpose is too awesome. In 2020, you can't do it like you've done it. I'll touch you. And when he touched him, he hit his hip socket. Don't miss it. It's not about the socket. It's about what's connected to it. Because the bone that is connected to that socket is the biggest bone in your entire body. Because what is it about God when he reaches down to touch you? He ain't going after that small thing. 
but he'll come after that big thing in your life just to show you that he's God and you're not. He'll come after that thing that you said, I'll never give up and I'll never give in. And the Bible says he reached and he touched it and it went out of place, out of alignment. But the truth is it's not really out of alignment. It may feel out for Jacob, but it's perfectly in line for God. See, because when God touches parts of your life, it never feels comfortable for you. It never feels right for you. When God reaches to touch that addiction, it don't feel perfect for you. It doesn't feel good on you. But the truth is, if you're feeling like it's out, then that means you're probably in. Oh, oh, alignment with God. Because the Bible says that in your weakness, y'all ain't saying nothing, he is made strong. And if it's making me weaker, that means God is becoming stronger in my life. So God, I give you permission not just to touch me, but touch that part of me that God you need to take me to being devoted. He, he touched him. I know it brought him back into alignment because of what it produced. Can I finish this thing? Come here, you don't. Because up until now in the text, they're wrestling. They're wrestling. But the moment he touched him on his hip, he went from wrestling to clinging. Oh, y'all missed it. See, see, I know you're finally coming into being devoted and surrendered when you stop fighting God and you start clinging to God and you start saying things like, God, without you, I'd never make it. Without you, I can't do it. Without you, I'll never be it. So, God, I'm weak, but you be strong because I can't do anything but cling to you. Cling to you. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I dare somebody who's been clinging to God to give him some praise right now. Oh, I feel the anointing. Oh, I dare you to lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and give God a shout. Jacob, who has been struggling is now being reduced down to clinging. Natasha, I remember. Woo! Woo! I remember watching my granddaddy before he went to be with the Lord. And I remember you wouldn't know him on a stage, you wouldn't see him on TV, but I remember the kind of life that he would live where he would get down and say, God, I'll pray all night if that's what it takes. I'll lean on you all night till you answer me. Because clinging was the, oh, hallelujah, was the life of a believer. Because true devotion looks like dependence. I know the culture told you to be your best version of you, but I don't want to be my best self, and I don't want to live my best life. I want to live his best life for me. And Jacob is reduced to clinging. Hear me, I'm done. He says, I wasn't eligible before because I was fighting you. 
But now I'll ask you, since I'm leaning on you, will you bless me? Because as long as you're fighting God, you're not eligible for the blessings of God. But if you'll let yourself cling to God, then you can say, will you bless me? And God says, you want a blessing? Here's the final question. What's your name? That question was so odd to me. You get ready to bless him, and you the sovereign God, and you want to know his name? You already know his name. But sometimes God asks us questions, not for him, but for us. Until you realize that by asking him what his name was, he was actually going back in time to the last big struggle of Jacob's life. Because Jacob walked into his father's room, dressed as Esau, deceiving, cunning, holds out his arm, and his father says, what's your name? And he said, I'm Esau, daddy. Because the truth is, God cannot bless you past your last act of disobedience. So Jacob, I know your name, but I want to hear you say it. Who are you? And he says, I am Jacob. Natasha, I wanted to shout for his honesty, but I couldn't help but be overcome with sadness because even after all this wrestling with God, he still thought he was Jacob. He still thought he was who they said he was. Because he didn't get Jacob on his own. Somebody else called him Jacob. And it is possible to come to church and have an encounter with God and still leave as the label they gave you. He said, I him Jacob and God said for your honesty I'll tell you who you really are you are not Jacob I feel the glory of the Lord in this room you have never been Jacob that's what they called you in my eyes before the foundation of the world of the world you were not Jacob my friend you were Israel what does Israel mean Israel means prince you can only call somebody a prince when their daddy is a king in other words God said you're not your soul hallelujah you're not your struggle you're not your past you're not what they did to you my friend the struggle was real but guess what baby the strength is even greater than the struggle that you you're in and God told me to tell somebody that yes your struggle has been real but get ready this morning God's gonna reverse the struggle and give you the strength lift up your hands open up your mouth and somebody give God some praise come on lift up your hands Reach up, reach up. 
feel the glory of the Lord and when Jacob got up from the blessing the Bible says something changed permanently in his life that for the rest of his life he walked oh, hallelujah with a limp see when you walk with a limp people ask questions what happened to you? Because when you have a real encounter with God, and when God really alleviates the struggle, it'll make you walk different. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And I came to tell you, you thought you were coming to a church service, but God's, oh, hallelujah, about to so radically touch you that by the time you leave today, God said, you're going to leave with a limp. You're going to leave with proof that I have changed the season. I have changed the place you're in. You are not what you were before you came. You are walking in a new strength, in a new strength, in a new strength. Now hear me. God said today that there would be people who came in here with a struggle that was so real it's made you doubt if God had any strength at all with every head bowed, every eye closed you're in this room and you've been fighting you've been fighting with you you've even been fighting with God and you have felt the burden of the fight. Crying every night, struggling in yourself. God is about to lift the burden if you will give him the struggle. If I'm talking to you in this room, I'm talking about you've been in a fight. A fight in your family, a fight in your finances, a fight somewhere in your life, a fight, internal fight, struggling with what you're watching, struggling with where you're going, struggle, 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 and you're ready for God to set you free. Oh, hallelujah. On the count of three, just slip up your hand right where you are. God's about to lift the burden. One, I feel ministry in this room. Two, hallelujah. Three, if I'm talking, your hands are going up all across this room. You're in the middle of a fight. You're in the middle of a fight. You're in the middle of a struggle with your kids. Oh, I feel this in my spirit. Somebody's struggling in their family. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. A husband, a wife, a struggle, a struggle, a struggle in your finances, a struggle in self-esteem. It's a fight. I came to tell you that the struggle is real, but the struggle's just about over. God is about to release His Holy Spirit to touch you right where you are in this room. Are you ready? 
If you're in the struggle, I dare you to slip up your hands. If you want, if you want my heart, I won't second guess. Cause I need Come on, just lift your hands your for a moment. Close your eyes. Anything I'm in. Here comes the Holy I'm Ghost. Yours. Your love's too good to leave me. Here comes the Holy Ghost right to the struggle. Your love's too good to leave me. Come on, he is touching that place in your life. Let him touch heart, it. I won't second guess. Come on, he's reaching to touch. Your love that addiction. More than anything. That insecurity. I'm in. I'm yours. Your love's too good to Come on with your hands raised and your eyes go take it up and not sing it just a little bit louder. Tell him, say God, you can touch this. You can have this. So, so I tell you today. If you want. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.